Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Monday, the 21st of November going to do a lot of World Cup. We're going to be talking about the NASCAR offseason today. <laughs> uh, we're because I don't I sure as hell don't want to talk about football. How are you, Chris Hassel? Welcome to the program. I, I think I'm better than you after the weekend that you had with Iowa State and then going up to oh. watch your Vikings suffer one of the worst home defeats in franchise history. And I think I heard it was the biggest Cowboys blowout on the road of all time. That was it the was. largest road win. Is that your yeah. dad? That's my dad doing the thumbs down in front of U.S. Bank Stadium. My dad was just trolling. Actually, it was it it was quite pleasant. There were there were Cowboy fans everywhere. That's my dad at a bar with a bunch nice. of young Viking co-eds talking shit to him. But no, it, it was fun. We had a really good time until kickoff. It actually like even my dad, who's a diehard Cowboys fan. It's never fun when you you want to see a game. Yeah, that was you know, over like, it. Boom. Yeah, Kirk Cousins made that fumble on the first possession, and that game was done. But whatever. It was about the experience. We had a good time. I loved downtown Minneapolis. Had Viking season tickets for a handful of years and really enjoyed doing that over the time. So it's good to get back. Real quick, it is um, two guys named Chris presented by Fairway. We do have a code for you. So if you're Thanksgiving shopping, for later on this week, shop.fairway.com, shop.fairway.com, and you can use the promo code 2Chris22. Now, that is the word 2, T-W-O, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, and then 2-2, 2Chris22. That gets you $5 off anything over $50, so every little bit helps here. I know uh, with the inflation and whatnot, so... Get you $5 off at Fairway for your Thanksgiving planning. Um, I am off to Portland, Oregon tomorrow. I am covering uh, men's basketball for Iowa State at the Phil Knight Invitational, filling in for John Walters, who will be doing football. Where are you at this week? That's great. I'm I'm home because I'm calling the FAU game. Oh, yeah, so FAU. Yep. I've got Western Kentucky FAU to close out the, uh, close out the old football campaign. So it's good. I get to I get to spend Thanksgiving with my wife and dog. So that's awesome. Good. Yeah, good for you. When do you do you know when you start basketball yet? Do you have your Are you getting your schedule and stuff? Yeah, I've or? gotten some of them. I think uh, it, most of the games will be January, February, March. But okay. um, I, I I usually have some games in December too. But we'll see. I blocked out that uh, that first weekend in December though for the Vegas trip. Wow. I can't wait. Where do you want to start today? Do you want to start with the disaster or somehow Iowa keeps keeps just grinding? Got to start with Iowa. Okay, that's fine with me. Uh, If we can avoid Iowa State for as long as in the running for the Rose Bowl, (laughs) two wins from the Rose Bowl, Chris. Oh my God! So there's there's two ways to look at this. Like, first of all, you got to give like. Iowa all the credit in the world for picking themselves off the deck and winning all these games and being in this spot. I mean, it's just a, a great job by Kirk Ferentz to never lose that locker room. Clearly, um, when the defense was talking about we still have faith in the offense and all that stuff a month ago, like, man, they that, that locker room stayed together. Uh, I hope Spencer Petrus gets a standing ovation. I mean, this guy's been booed so many times in his home stadium and stuck it out, and here they are. Uh, one win away from a Big Ten championship game. They got a gift. Illinois got screwed at Michigan. Uh, and Brett Bielema let everybody hear about it, but whatever, you you, you, you take what's in front of you. And uh, it, it just like – and then there's like the – I'm not an Iowa fan. I don't root really against them. Um but it's just – it is funny, Chris, when you sit back and it's just like the last two years, everything's just fallen into place for them. And yeah, it's wild. You're right. Yeah, Back-to-back just, years, this has happened. Yeah. Now, so. I think it was 
last year at this time, we didn't think that Iowa was going to get into the Big Ten championship game because we needed um, what needed Minnesota to beat Wisconsin yeah. final game of the season, and, and that ended up happening. That 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 was that was wild in itself, but that was a team that was ranked number two in the country at one time and lost a couple games and then found its footing a little bit with with Padilla for a while and then Petrus came back in. This is totally different. I mean, that <laughs> this is still one of the worst offenses in the country and it is, I think, bar none, the best defensive unit in the country. When you factor in the the timeliness of the turnovers that this defense gets and all the points that not only the defense scores, but that sets the offense up with. If it's a, whether it's a pick six, a scoop six, or a, a fumble that sets the offense up with a short field, they needed it multiple times in this game, and they got it. And by my count, this is four wins this year that the defense has single handedly won. South Dakota State to start the year. No question about that with the two safeties. I mm-hmm. think the defense did the offense did nothing in that game. Rutgers had some defensive scores. Maybe they could have maybe they could have squeaked that thing out, but I don't think so. I think there were a couple pick sixes in that game. Wisconsin, defense and special teams when you have a a, a defensive touchdown and the block punt and then this game that's four that's more than half of your wins that have come from defense and special teams just putting you in the perfect positions in the perfect times and it's such a unique way to play nobody else plays like this nobody no, you're, else you're right. relies on its defense to score points to win games and Iowa seems fine with it. Kirk Ferentz seems fine with it. And you know what? In the Big Ten West, it works. It it does work. And then you'll, as we'll see here in a couple of weeks, when you play Michigan or Ohio State, it will not work. <laughs> but it works in these games, and especially in these outdoor November games, man. I mean, and and I think that's one of the keys too. It's yeah. when when the weather turns bad. Yep. That's where this kind of this style of play can actually thrive. Doesn't necessarily work on a nice day in Columbus against Ohio State. Doesn't necessarily work inside where the Colts play in Indianapolis. No. Lucas Oil Field. But outside, whether it's Kinnick or it's or it's Minnesota or it's Northwestern or or, or even, you know, to a lesser extent every now and then Wisconsin, it works because the, the, the elements are working against the offense. And boy, Minnesota has a 250-plus yard rusher. Uh, and incredible. A, you give me that stat, and, and I'm taking Minnesota win that game nine times out of ten. Oh, right? no question. If you think a guy can run for 250-plus yards on Iowa's defense – and you think they're still going to hold think them they're to gonna 10 win by double, and win? Double-digit <laughs> win for Minnesota. Again, just... You're almost at a loss for words because now we've seen it several weeks in a row that this team... And this is culture. This is what every coach, when they take over a program, this is what they talk about. Culture. And Iowa has it. Because if they didn't, this season would have crumbled at three and four with the defense knowing that they were going to have to shoulder 90% of the load moving forward to turn this into a successful season. Yeah. And you got to give credit to when you talk about that culture to guys like Jack Campbell and this really the individuals on that defense. It would be really easy to get super bitter during that stretch when the offense was just so bad. And really, they haven't been much better, but because of all the things that we've talked about with November and, and it's playing into Iowa now. Um, but that that's really hard. And, and we can have the same conversation about Iowa State, I think. Like, it would be really difficult to, if you're Anthony Johnson or Will McDonald, like, you got to be mm-hmm. just massively frustrated going back into that locker room. It's more, more so the case with Iowa State because they're not winning. Iowa's winning right. with it now. Right. Um, but that that's not the – I think we'll get into Iowa State, but I think Campbell's culture and that – 
because I, I do think that's where he's an A plus coach is that type of stuff. Uh, I think X's and O's. I, I don't. I don't think he is. That's based more on smart football people I've talked to. That's where Campbell thrives, and that's going to get tested. I think right now and in this off season uh, because of how bad the offense has been. But we'll we'll get to Iowa State. Um, so the Big Ten just was wild this weekend. So you had Ohio State going down to the wire with Maryland, and then I mean really. Michigan, they had the the key injuries. They they should not have beaten Illinois. I mean, there were some really bad calls in that game. And that would and, have slammed the door shut on Iowa's chances to get to Indy because then you would need Illinois to lose to Northwestern, which seems impossible. Yeah, the I way mean, Northwestern's playing. Midway through those 11 o'clock games, I thought Iowa was done because it, mm-hmm. it looked like Illinois was going to cruise uh, to beat Michigan. So now we're watching. So Iowa just has to beat. Nebraska, who, man, I mean, they got to feel sick after letting that one slip away against Wisconsin. I think Iowa will kill Nebraska this year. Uh, I know they usually play them kind of tough, but I just, just feels to me like this Iowa defense is going to, this feels a lot like the Wisconsin game a couple weeks ago to me, Chris. They're just going to feast on, on Nebraska's uh, undisciplined offense. I, I think Iowa's in a really good spot here. What do you think? Is there like a ten and a half point favorite right now? Are you worried about this game at all? You know, it's funny. I, I, I don't know that anybody is at this point. It seems yeah. like everyone has already moved on to Indianapolis. <laughs> You're right. Like it's it's just a given that Iowa's going to win this game. Now, I'm not going to go that far, but it is funny to me that we're we're just we're basically skipping this. We're chalking this up as a as a W, and it's going to be Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. And I'm not just talking Iowa fans. I'm talking nationally. Like, people at a national level from the Big Ten and beyond are already seeing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, and they're rolling their eyes once more. Now, if you're an Iowa fan, you got to root like hell for Michigan. I think I Michigan... Agree. If they beat Ohio State, which is a, I don't think that's going to happen, but that gives you the best chance to make that a game, because Iowa, Iowa wasn't embarrassed by Michigan at Kinnick Stadium, and you saw what Illinois did to them. Illinois outplayed them, yeah. and Illinois, I don't think is is any better than Iowa, even though they won that game nine six. I think right now, Iowa is better than Illinois. Especially outdoors. I mean, that that's a huge... Right. Now, they, everything changes inside the Dome. Yeah. And we saw that last year with the blowout. And I don't know. I'm sure there's some people that are saying, you know what, let's play Ohio State again because let's see them, let's see them doing it again. I, I just don't... <laughs> they scored a defensive you don't, touchdown you don't want in that, that smoke. game. You don't want that smoke, bro. <laughs> Compare the two quarterbacks at Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, That's know. all you need to I know. know. That's all you need to know. And, and going back to that game, that Michigan game against Iowa, Iowa uh, ended up losing 27-14 to 14, if memory serves. They, they found their offense late in that game, but both touchdown drives were when they were down 20. Michigan was never really challenged in that game. But... It, it certainly was much more of a game than what we saw in Columbus, which was a total embarrassment. I mean, that was that was the low point of the season. Petrus was benched. And since then, I mean, I got to give Spencer Petrus some credit. I think that was the best game he's played against a good defense all season. He was firing it in there. He, he has so much confidence right now. Yeah. And... He's. I'm not going to say that they're lighting the world on fire on offense because they're not. But it's certainly better than what it was at the start of this season and even at, at several points last season. And the fact is, he has not thrown an interception since being benched in that Ohio State game when he threw two. Yeah, that that would be the one thing I would point out is his, his and he, he's not missing guys horribly like he was at the beginning of the year where you're just like where is he even throwing that to I don't think he is he's not a head case anymore I I don't know if it was the benching I don't know what it was maybe it was Kirk Ferentz putting faith in him because remember they they benched him they named him the starter the next week against Northwestern but they said it's going to be an extremely short leash 
for Petrus. So he had to perform in that Northwestern game. And he did. I mean, it was against Northwestern, but he did. He, the, Iowa scored on their first four drives. The Still, <laughs> the five touchdowns, five interceptions stat is just so like weird to look at in, on November 21st. For the season, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It just shows it's how still, When you look at it as whole. a whole, it's still awful. Oh. But... When you look at it in yeah. this little four-game stretch, it's great. He's doing against a lot division rivals, and really, I mean, who do you compete against? You compete against the people in your division. Yep. Each and every year, you're you're thinking more about the people in your division than you are about the the cross-state rivalry with Iowa State and the you know the cross-conference matchups with Ohio State and Michigan. It's about your division, and right now, Iowa is the best team in the division. A horrible division. But they're the best team. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that right now. Uh, okay, let's get into Iowa State, and then we'll we'll move around on some other stuff as well in the world of college football. Real quick, before we do Iowa State, the TCU just keeps winning in the Big 12. Did that you, was oh, just wild. Max Duggan uh, is... I think, he, though, that I, so I like cool. it, though, because that makes this last Iowa State game a little bit more interesting. And I think it gives Iowa State a little bit more juice to, okay, let's try to finish this out strong. Yeah, they're only a 10-point underdog, which I'm not really mm-hmm. surprised by because nope. it's kind of the trend this year. I mean, even when Iowa State isn't covering their – I mean, if you're just a computer, which is what we're talking about here, and you're looking at scores, every game is close. Now they lose them all, but every game is <laughs> close, so they're not going to make you a a massive underdog to anyone. Um, two missed field goals. Uh, you've noted here five more penalties than your opponent. Um, the just you, you you had the ball in inside the five a couple times and and get nothing out of it. I I thought Ben Bruns did a fantastic podcast for us on Iowa Everywhere. It he recorded it right after the game and he was he was pretty raw with his emotions and thoughts on it. I, I would encourage Iowa State fans to listen to that. Uh, my, my thing is, Chris, I haven't watched it back. I was I was gone all day yesterday. I probably won't watch this game back, if I'm being honest with you. I'm moving on to basketball uh, this week. But it, it was a very desperate coaching job, I thought, by by Matt Campbell. I thought that he did a lot of things in that game that he normally would never do, but man, like when when you don't, when your kicker is missing like glorified PATs, and I, I I still like it's so frustrating the the special teams thing. It's 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 so similar to Iowa, where you can compare the offenses and stuff. Well, I, Iowa State's offense almost had 500 yards in this game, but they couldn't put it in the damn end zone. Like it, it, it's really mind-boggling. Like they were moving the ball. They were, they were. Hunter Deckers was not that bad. He completed 66 percent of his passes, threw for 300 yards. They still can't run the ball, and that's just kind of who they are at this point, and that's where it needs to be addressed. But this just goes in line with the probably the most frustrating season I think. I've ever seen covering Iowa State that this this offense you know it's bad and we all know it's bad I think the worst than it being bad though to me is that it's gotten worse there hasn't been any sign of like well you know they're they're kind of turning the corner here and young team gives you hope for next year they're actually getting which goes against everything Campbell had said all season they're getting getting, we're getting so close and you thought okay we you get that win you get that one win, and here we go. We'll finish the season strong. They're getting worse, and it, it, you know it doesn't help. I, I don't think it helps anybody when you have such unreliable special teams, right? Like, and, and you've been harping on that more than anybody. When you can't make a thirty-yard field goal, it just puts pressure on every. In these outdoor cold games, you mm-hmm. know, Iowa State's somewhat trying to play like y'all are playing like in a in a weird way uh it's it it looks different but the whole um 
you know, if you make those kicks, you still win despite everything else. That's kind of what I've been saying, like with the drops. Despite it, you could be at seven wins right now. But they're so bad at all the little things that make a difference in those in those moments. And it it's it's really frustrating. So I, I do have some thoughts on the offseason and Matt Campbell and decisions, but I wanted to let you chime in on this game. Yeah, you say it's it's the little things. But when when you're playing low scoring games, those little things become huge. Yeah. When when you can't make a field goal, I mean, when you're playing like that, field goals are like touchdowns. It's yeah. you're not playing games in the 30s. You're playing games in the teens, and those mistakes are are amplified. The penalties are amplified, and red zone wise that's as pathetic as it gets one for five have you ever seen a game where a team goes one for five they're in the red zone five times and got three points out of it and looking at the red zone numbers for the season they rank 126 out of 131 they have been in the red zone 41 times and they've only put it in the end zone 20 times. They are less than 50% putting it in the end zone and just 70% scoring. Mm. 30% of the time, they don't even score when they get in the red zones. That's a margin, baby. And, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Iowa State fans are getting really frustrated about is that all this stuff that, that Campbell has said over the years and he becomes a broken record, it's 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 all going the other way. You're not doing the things that you have built your program on. And that's winning in the margins. And they continue to lose. That's they're now five and eighteen when the spread is three and a half or under. And two I had a lot of people tweeting this out, and I, I completely agree with it too. We've known the offensive line hasn't been very good for a while now. Like we've all known that. It's been the weakness of this program for five to seven years. Um, but you've had David Montgomery and Brees Hall and, and and it's really covered it up up until now. Where I mean you need to get two yards and you, you can't because you finally went under center though. And it didn't lot. work. Well, when they had the ball first and goal at the two or whatever it was, sneak it four times in a row. I don't care. Like Hunter Deckers is a big kid. Like he can do it. Like, um, so this this is where you go. And Matt Campbell's about to be tested here in the off season, right? Because this is a deal where you can go one of two ways. You can dig in and you can be stubborn and you can say it's my way or the highway or you can make some moves. And it doesn't even I, – I think there will be coaching changes. But even if it's not, like you can still do things to, you know, expand what your offense is and, and kind of – they need to change something. Because, again, this is a situation, Chris, where I, I think back to Campbell's first year, how bad they were that trip to Iowa City. And that, that team had Alan Lazard, right? Like there was some talent. There were some pieces there. They weren't good by any means, but they – they beat Texas Tech by five touchdowns that season at the end of the year. You could see, oh, okay, this is where we're headed. This is where this is what the identity of Iowa State offensive football is going to be. This this offense right now has no identity. I don't know what they want to be. I don't know who they're trying to be. I do know that they're moving the ball against these bad defenses, but for some reason when they – is it is it play calling? Is it personnel? Is it – it's probably everything is where I'm at at this point. But they lose their damn minds when they get inside the red zone. And, man, I can't imagine – John Haycock's a really classy guy. He's one of my favorite people I've ever met in this business. Um, it, it's got to be so frustrating to be in that defensive room right now. For Iowa State, and and here's the biggest difference between Iowa and Iowa State that Iowa State's offense is bad, uh, but it's not getting the ball 
generally at like the 10 yard line, right. like Iowa's is. And, and that's really what this offense needs because it is, <laughs> it's mind, uh, it, it, it's in its own head so poorly at this point that Iowa State's defense is really good, but they don't create turnovers like Iowa's, and, it, and they don't score like Iowa's does. And, Man, that Iowa State's offense really, really, really needs that right now. But again, I'm not putting anything on the defense because they've been elite. They're a top ten defense in college football. Unfortunately, you might have the worst offense I've seen covering Iowa State. I don't want to go that far. I think 2003 was worse. Uh, there's a couple other seasons that I could put up there. But what the most frustrating part to me is you have Xavier Hutchinson, who I think is the best wide receiver in Iowa State history. I think he's surpassed Todd Blythe. I think he, I think that he's a more complete wide receiver than Alan Lazard was. And Alan was great, but he, he's pretty good at one or two things. Xavier's just a complete player, and I think he's going to have a long career in the NFL. Talked to a few scouts about this. Texted one on Sunday um, about Xavier, and, and they think he's going to be a third, fourth-round pick that'll be in the league for a really long time. And you're still this bad when you have a target like that. And it's just, mm-hmm. sorry, I know I'm bloviating here, but I didn't podcast last night. I have a lot to get <laughs> off my chest. Did you see the the tweet from our buddy Andrew Downs? I didn't. I saw you had it on the rundown, but I didn't see it. Okay. I, I'd like your thoughts on this. Andrew Downs, producer of the Murph and Andy show, and our good friend, he tweeted yesterday, Iowa State's offense is statistically better than Iowa's, but if you flip them, you probably flip records. Proclivity for turnovers, inability in short yardage situations, etc. So what he's saying is if Iowa State had Iowa's offense and Spencer Petrus, they would be seven and four. What do you think of that? I mean, they might be. I would be a liar if I came on here and said there's no way, but I it's very I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really probably buy it. Again, I think that if Iowa State's offense was getting the ball at the 20 a lot and that they would have a lot more success in those situations. And I don't know. Maybe he's right. I don't know. But I just – I don't know. I don't know if I would buy that. Do you? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I certainly respect his opinion. And I know yeah. that there are – I know that there are Iowa State fans who agree with him. Because I've I've heard from some oh, over I, the I last couple of weeks, yeah, I don't who doubt think that. that they they think that Iowa's offense is better than Iowa State's offense. But as you pointed out a couple of minutes ago, the difference is the positions that the Iowa offense is getting the ball in yeah. when they have their scoring drives. I I've crunched the numbers throughout the entire season for Iowa. I did not do this for Iowa State, but for Iowa, when when they have to go more than 50 yards is tough for this offense. We know that this offense, they might be able to punch it in the end zone when they get it at the 10 or the 20, but Iowa state's defense isn't putting them in that position. But when Iowa has to drive over 50 yards, they have only done that 14 times this season, scoring drives. I'm counting field goals. And and I, this, I, 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 I went through, I don't know if this – I might be off by a point or two here or a drive or two because I did it quick. But by my by my calculations, the Iowa offense, when they get the ball on the other side of the 50, they've only scored 71 points this season, which amounts to 6.4 points per game. They're only putting 6.4 points per game on the board when they have to drive from the other side of the 50. So the other – that's great. And the other comment I would make is like that game on Saturday. If that kicker hasn't lost his damn mind, I mean, he's shanking extra points basically. Okay. <laughs> if that hadn't happened, Matt would have kicked field goals in a lot of those situations. Cause that's what Matt does. Matt true, is not true. a roll the dice. He got desperate because he didn't trust his kicker. Same thing happened at the, you know, in the Kansas game was similar. There were some fourth downs that they would have kicked because it's just. So what you're saying is Campbell is internally frying his own kicker. I think that Matt's really 
struggling in those moments. And, and I think we saw at the end of the game where he makes the bad decision to punt it. I think that oh his, my God. I think his mind was completely spinning. And I, I think a lot of this goes back to special teams and field position because Iowa State's offense has moved the ball a lot, it, contrary to Iowa. But then they just can't score. Then they turn it over or they, right? Like it's, I, I understand Andrew's point. But I don't think anybody in their right mind could say, like, as a matter of fact, that 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 is the case. Because I just both of these teams are trying to play complementary football. You're you're trying to shorten the game because you have an elite defense, and one of them clearly is winning in November, um, and and the other one. And is do not. we do we really think that Iowa would be four and seven? Is that Iowa State's record? Four and seven? No, in fact, I think Iowa probably won some games in. October that they wouldn't have the hell's Iowa State's record yeah they're four and seven so it's not that simple I don't think that Iowa's offense has won three games for them I think that if you if you put that Hunter Deckers in the Iowa State offense on Iowa's team well one you already flipped the Cyhawk game yes okay so that goes in as a win for Iowa (laughs) and a loss for Iowa State if if that's the case 99 yard drive but I think you also win the the Illinois game. Now, what what Andrew is saying is that you probably turn the ball over a few times when you when the defense puts you in good positions. But I think we're forgetting how many of these points and how many of these games that the Iowa defense has just won on its own. No doubt. I think there's four games that the Iowa defense has won on its own where it doesn't matter what the offense did. That's it. But go back to that punt, Chris. What, what, that 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 was a horrible decision by Campbell to punt that ball. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't with get it. One at all. Timeout. With one time, if he had two timeouts, maybe I could see. Yes, but, but with one timeout, with two forty-five left, you are you're all of a sudden you've given up all your margin for error. Because if you go for it and you don't make it, you're still in the same kind of position. You still need to stop. You cannot let them get a first down. One first down ends the game. And that's what happened. Man, their offensive line's so bad. I just go back to those short yardage situations on the goal line. <laughs> just no movement at all. And no movement at, a, at all. At a point in time where we're seeing more and more where you just you put a couple guys behind the quarterback yeah, and just and push you, him. You sneak it and push them. You see it Can all you the not time. Do that? You see it all the time. Um, What's going on? You all right? You seem distracted. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to change the subject for a minute, and then we'll get back to this. <laughs> I just pulled up my Circus Sports Iowa app. That's why. Okay, I'm I, I was worried. Like your wife texted you, and she was like, "Oh, we got a situation." No, no, no I I actually pulled up my Circus. Here's the thing: there's a lot of things. I love the United States of America. Hassle. There you go. There you go. We got Wales today in the World Cup. Yeah. What's I'm, the uh, I just pulled up the Circus Sports Iowa app. You can get uh, the United States of America minus 150 as a pick em. Mm. Go plus 135. Uh, I, that will be for like a draw. I don't know. I don't understand the soccer it's, stuff. Soccer is different because yeah, I you're love betting, the United you're States. Win, draw, defeat. Here's the deal, and y'all can make fun of me all you want. I don't care because I, I think if you're being honest with you, you're like, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't know Wales was its own country. I thought Wales was like in England. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. We got to play Wales and England? That's kind of shitty. I, I I might blow your mind here too. Princess Diana, do you know? Yeah, she's uh, well, she's the one. She died. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, she died. She's dead. Uh Princess Wales, or the Duchess—I I can't remember what they, something of Wales. Wait a minute, right? But they're like together, though. Like, is the well, Queen Wales of England is, the Queen of well, Wales too? I believe so. Yeah, the, Wales is part of the United Kingdom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but it's still its own country. I did some research on this. Yeah. I, yes, they are. Just like Ireland is its own country. Well, the United States a slight favorite today in the World Cup. Do all uh, are I, we really going to put our faith in the United States? Soccer? No, actually, uh, but I do love I do love America. 
mm-hmm. but I actually made a bet earlier today on Circa that they will not get out of the group. So Ooh. that way I'm hedging. Yeah. So you you're know. happy if they do, but it, yeah. I did that I yesterday. I, I bet on the I, Cowboys. I do think they'll get out of the group. Now, I'm not a soccer aficionado. I, 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 but once the World Cup gets going, I, I get into it a little bit. This yeah, is like the one, this is the one soccer thing I can get behind. It's it's a lot of fun. I I'll be watching today. And man, there's a that it sounds like a mess over in Qatar, oh or Qatar, or whatever. It's just a well, total Well, they banned all the alcohol even though Budweiser is a sponsor. Yeah, Budweiser paid like 75 million dollars or something like that, just some ungodly sum and then they get all their alcohol banned. What a joke. Uh, Circus Sports Iowa, thank you for supporting two guys named Chris and Iowa Everywhere. All right, um, you wanted to compare 2022 Iowa State to 2006 Iowa. This is interesting. I think there are a lot of similarities with those two teams. And to, to remind people about 2006 Iowa, that was the year. Actually, this uh, that picture right there, uh, behind me, the picture behind me, that's from the Iowa-Ohio State night game that year when College Game Day was there. Now, it's a little bit different in that Iowa was ranked highly going into that game. But when you look at what they did in conference play, they finished 2-6 and six in the Big Ten after beating Iowa State and getting off to a 4-0 start. You start dreaming big. You start having idiots on podcasts. Well, this is before podcasts, but idiots on the radio saying this is a 10-win season, like me, with Iowa State. And then it just goes haywire. It goes totally off the road. You end up losing, I think, they lost seven of their last, uh, six of their last seven Big Ten games that season. And that was Kirk Ferentz, kind of his first trip down the hill a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. was pointing up like Matt Campbell has been. Everything pointing up and then all of a sudden it comes down. That was Ference's eighth season. This is Matt Campbell's seventh season. And I I remember that's the first time people started questioning Kirk Ference a little bit. And wondering, I remember doing I was doing the Hawkeye postgame show after they lost the last game of the regular season to Minnesota and finished two and six in conference play. And people were calling up and they're like, we got to do something. We got to big changes. We got to make big changes here. We're not going in the right direction. Well, they didn't make any changes. None. And the next season, they missed a bowl game. 2007 was a bad season. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. 2007 was one of the worst Iowa seasons of my lifetime when they lost to Western Michigan the final game of the season and did not get to a bowl game. They did finally turn it around in 2008, second half of that season. And again, Kirk Ferentz, not making moves, but still eventually turning things around. So that's that's where we are right now with Iowa State. It's Matt Campbell is right in that time frame. Everything was going great. Now yeah. fans are questioning it. Do you stand pat like Kirk Ferentz did then and did this season, or do you make major changes? And I I, I think we know what's going to happen. I think he is going to make some major changes. Yeah, I do too. He just seems so frustrated to me watching him, his sideline demeanor, just watching his press conferences. I get it as fans. Like when you're, when you're pissed off after a game, you want the coach to be on fire like you are. He's a lot like your guy. Like these are not guys that, when I say your guy, Kirk Ferentz, he's, these are not guys who, Matt Campbell like idolizes Bill Belichick, okay? Known him forever. Goes way back with Belichick, like 20-some years. Another tie-in to Ferentz, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Matt's not going to go out there and fire his offensive coordinator five minutes after a game. But he is a very, I think, um, 
smart guy. I, here's what I don't understand, and we'll see. There's like this mindset out there that Campbell won't make changes to his coaching staff because they're his friends or whatever. And it, I maybe it's because, too, we've been talking about the nepotism thing with Iowa so much where everybody's just kind of in that this mode. But, like, Matt fired his strength and conditioning coach a few years ago as one of his best friends. He's He did the same thing with Brian Gasser uh, a few years ago. I think he'll make moves. I don't know exactly what those will be. Uh, Tom Manning, believe it or not, people don't want to hear it, but he's pretty well respected nationally. Um, maybe you, maybe he's not the coordinator anymore, but you move him to your offensive line coach. He, he's served in that role before. I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing here, but I think I I don't think Matt can stomach another season offensively like this and I would just be shocked if there's not something like it he he has to and you bring up the great parallel with Iowa he has to do something here he has to because if, I, I also think you're you're risking Haycock is as unselfish and cool and awesome as, as you can get but there's gonna be a lot of big money coming for this guy mm-hmm. right and it, it can't be fun being a defensive coach at Iowa State right now or a defensive player. I just think that you're at the point, man, you've done more at Iowa State than anybody. You you want a freaking Fiesta Bowl. Like we never I never thought that Iowa State would ever win a New Year's Six game. You know, you're a couple plays away from winning the Big 12 championship. He's done so much. You're at the point now though where you risk losing that uh, momentum with your fan base, maybe mm. on the recruiting trail. I don't know. Recruiting's so weird these days. I it's it's kind of bizarre. Anyways, I I just would love to see him, Chris, really, really be aggressive in the off season. Whatever that means to him, but be aggressive in the off season with some transfers. I would uh, I was telling my dad on the way up from Minneapolis, I would get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Bloom's Collective. And I would find the best FCS linemen in the Midwest, and I would pay four of them, say, hey, we want you. There's a lot of really good offensive linemen that are playing FCS football that go sure. to the NFL, right? Like, I think you can get creative like that. Where We've seen it with TCU. Look at TCU right now. This doesn't have to be a two-year, three-year process to have a turnaround. You can be good next year. These are one-score losses. You're not that far despite your anemic offense specifically in the red zone. So be aggressive here. And whatever that means to Matt, he's a lot smarter than I am, but he's got to do something. I, I think that if you if you come back without any changes, you, you start to risk your fans and that is the most precious commodity at Iowa State. When, when you're bad and your stadium's still full, when you start losing that man, that's when you start to. That's why Steve Prohm had to be fired because he had lost the fans completely. They were going to have a hard time selling tickets to Hilton Coliseum in the Big Twelve. That's mind-boggling. That should never happen. And and Matt's. I think you make a few changes. He, the the fan base still really loves and trusts him, but they got to see him be aggressive. And that would be my advice to him. How much would a win over TCU help? Or change the feeling going into the off season. I mean, the, also you also go to a bowl game. The bowl game would be the biggest part to me, more so than I don't know, man. That, you you beat TCU and you're the team that kicks them out of the playoff. Yeah, but I think it would be like putting a band aid on a bigger problem, right? Like that's not. No, there's gonna, no doubt about it's that. Not going to just cure the offense by beating TCU. No doubt, it would be great and. But I think the bowl game would be the biggest part. That was, macro-wise, the most disappointing part to me on Saturdays because I thought that this young team really could have used those two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to get that now. And that, that can stunt your growth a little bit as a program. But, yeah, I mean, it would be awesome. They could go out. They're only a 10-point underdog. That's what's crazy. I expect this to be a tight game throughout. Most people are. Though. I could a lot see of money Iowa, on State. Iowa State right now. When you look at the way both of these teams play, it, not just Iowa State, but TCU. TCU's always having to come from behind in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I expect Iowa State to have a chance to win this game. Oh, man. <laughs> I got this one guy, he always tweets at me. He's like, why won't Vegas just let us die? Why do they make me care? 
what, what's that? The ESPN matchup predictor right there? Yeah, I mean, I, you are not alone, Christopher, in thinking that Iowa State will have a chance in this one. I, I think I'm off the wagon mm-hmm. a little bit, and I think TCU is just kind of. I think TCU is just kind of at the point where they're is TCU the best due team. for a big game, big blowout game? Maybe, maybe, but you could also go the other way and say that they're kind of like the Vikings, right? Where everything yep. had been going their way, and then all of a sudden, everything Jeez. everything catches up to you at the at the last minute. And that's a Saturday game, right? What time is that? Three Iowa State o'clock TCU kick game? on Fox for that one. So we're what? What okay. time are you guys on Black Friday? Uh, it's usually early. Yeah, Maddie, um, if you could look that up for us. That'd be great. I got, it's going to be a wild weekend. I got games on Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and um, Th- Iowa State men play on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Yeah, Thursday Villanova. I think they Jeez. may be able to beat Villanova, but we'll we'll see. Uh, oh, the TV's Iowa game is uh, same time, right? Friday, three. Three Central. Okay, good. Because I've got coaches meetings with FAU that day. I'm hoping they're early so I can get back and watch the old Black Friday Heroes game. I love the Black Friday games. Me too. I just love Black Friday. It's one of my favorite days. Um, Let's let's just go around college football real quick. So Tennessee goes down. Man, my my Cox. Your mom. My mom must was just be salivating on Saturday night at the sign at the sight of her cocks. She was just drooling. She was so happy with that win. She was upset earlier in the day because Clemson beat Miami a little bit earlier than that. Not only did um, the Cox win, they dominated sixty three points. I think you told me. Dare if I'm I wrong. say they cock slapped him? The cock commanders. In charge of Tennessee. Spencer Rattler is going to be a steal for somebody in the NFL draft. He's a late bloomer. I think he's going to be, I think he's got a shot. You remember, he was supposed to be like the number one pick in the draft, right? Yeah, going into last season, he was yeah. projected to be the top and the number one pick. And then all hell broke loose at Oklahoma. But he's been terrible this year up until and, this game. Yeah. He looked good. I, I think that he's a late bloomer. I think he's going to be okay. I honestly do. Give him another year. We'll see. Uh, my the my cock colored eyes are um, <laughs> probably probably impacting my opinion here on Spencer. He looked like a freaking Heisman Trophy winner on on Saturday night. The best thing about this is what it does to the playoff, though, because I, I think it'd be great to have one team from four different conferences and get USC in it, there. It opens I think it'd be everything really fun. up now. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a lot of and fun? I, I think, but Chris, I think it's starting to open the door a crack for Alabama. Oh yeah. Crack, absolutely. Yeah. Just a crack. I told, I will go to my grave and I, I don't listen. I, I'm not an SEC guy, but a two loss Alabama with road losses at Tennessee and Georgia is more deserving than a one loss Michigan. At the, at this point, you're, you're right. In Michigan, and, and that's if Michigan loses to Ohio State, that they cannot be in. They can't with that non-conference schedule and what they did against Illinois. They were pushed to the limit by Maryland earlier in the season too. And now I know Ohio State did as well. But I, I think uh, USC now has to know if they went out, they're going to be in. That, that that that's I think a given now, but Clemson is back in the mix as well, along with with Alabama, with that Tennessee loss. Boy, isn't it crazy the two of the most like hated guys in the offseason, Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley, for their departures mm-hmm. and how all that and the criticism that they got, and here they are, a couple wins on the, the playoff. Door. Yeah, isn't that wild? I mean, Boy, it shows how, you how good they are too. How much man. money did Brian Kelly take out of your pocket over the weekend, man? You had uh, CUSA oh. was rough on C Willie, and i i take I take part of the blame for that. I had Western Kentucky too. Yeah, I know. I will say this: the the Iowa State Texas Tech under was like stealing money. I don't know how the public didn't just. 
pound that at 47 and a half. It was freezing mm-hmm. in Ames on Saturday. Did the you, Iowa under- you didn't go to that game, did you? No, I because we got up at the crack of dawn, so I did everything mm-hmm. from here. Um, the Iowa under was fe- like a phenomenal under because Iowa gets those 10 points early. Iowa getting 10 points early, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> and it still hit the under of 31 and a half. Here's the crazy part. The USC... UCLA number closed at 76 and a half. It hit the over in the third <laughs> quarter. <laughs> and by the way, that Iowa Minnesota total was officially the lowest in college football history. Man. And it still hit the under. I was so we were we didn't do like a traditional tailgating, but there's a little brewery I like to go to in downtown Minneapolis and we're there yesterday, and this girl has a uh, TJ Hawkinson jersey on, and I'm wearing my Ken A. Wangwu jersey, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, Cyhawk, and we did the whole thing. And we started talking. To, so she was an Iowa grad, and her three friends that she was with were all Minnesota grads, and they had all are the, been Are those that, the co-eds that were with your dad in Yeah, yeah, picture? those, those okay. are the co-eds that dad was flirting with throughout <laughs> the weekend. I didn't realize – so it was, it was two couples – I didn't realize how much Minnesota fans truly hate Iowa. Yeah, what's that all about? It's, is it just because they tore down their goalposts? I don't know, but the, those two boys, or they're men, I guess, uh, they they did not like, they did not have many nice things to say about you and your brother. Me? Yeah, no, not you specifically, but Iowa fan. Um, oh, you're representing. Okay. Hey, and speaking of that, would you guys quit bitching about the Cyhawk game? My God. What are you talking about? Why is it always Iowa fans that don't want to play that game? Oh yes, I, I, my dad is one of those, one of those guys. I don't get it because he said, "Well, we got, we've got nothing to gain. We, we're supposed to win that game each and every year. We win it, yeah, and it's fine. Been like we lose of, it, it ruins the season. It's been one of your best wins for like the last five seasons. I, I know, and it's a great game. Everybody looks forward to it. It's an awesome week of buildup, and it, you have a feel. There's a feeling inside of you that you don't get for any other game on the schedule for that one. And so the, the Iowa fans that don't want to play that game anymore, they have visions of, okay, we'll get Iowa state out of there and we'll schedule Miami. No, you won't. We'll schedule Oregon. You're going to get Arizona or Pittsburgh. We've seen right. this before. And you have, you already have the game, Against how about South Dakota State or Nevada? Maybe switch one of those teams out for a Pittsburgh. You know, it's not yeah, like why, there's not other games on the schedule the, where. Why do Iowa fans think Clemson's going to come to Kinnick Stadium? It's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure there's some Iowa State fans who would prefer the game not be played. But it seems like the. It just seems to me like Iowa's fan base, and it, I get. I absolutely understood it when. In the Hayden Fry era, like when you're mm-hmm. just killing them by, but this is that's not Iowa State now. Like it's been a good win for you guys. Yes, it's been a good thing, and it's a great game, a great rivalry. It, please don't let this go the way of of Bedlam and oh. some other series that we've lost. This game needs to be played every year. It it, it can't go away again. I um. And it'll be great example just to watch all the awesome rivalry games this weekend coming mm-hmm. up. I mean, when when like South Carolina and Clemson cross conferences, yeah, there was a time where Georgia Georgia Tech was awesome. Georgia's so much better than them now, but there's just so <clears throat> yeah. many Florida Florida State coming up this weekend. Like they're not they're still playing. It's uh, it's asinine to me, and I know for what it's worth, I'll take heat from Iowa State fans as well for this opinion because some of them will throw it out the window too and which I don't know what well, you want another game against Akron what do you what do you what do you right like okay. you, you you go to games to be entertained it's the right. most entertaining game of the year it's the one game we talk about year-round do you get the same feeling for Wisconsin that you do Iowa State no it's 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 just a different feeling yeah it's a not There's, as one's I feel bigger like, than the other but the the bragging rights and the trash talk and all that stuff yes. lingers it's like a loss to Iowa State. The, the 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 prospect of that 
is is so much greater than losing to Wisconsin. Now, it might mean more for the season and for the Big Ten championship game and all that. But the, that feeling when Iowa and Iowa State go on the field, and that's usually the first big game of the year. It's it's awesome. Stadiums and it should are never on go fire. Away. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a joke. The, the people that, that say that, I don't know what they want. I mean, th- there's already too many games that that are played in college football that just don't get you excited. Whether it's South Dakota State or Nevada or Northwestern, it's going to be similar you know? to Chris for for us now. When oh, we got to go to UCF, which mm-hmm. it's like okay, like UCF's got a good program. Like yeah, but with it, Iowa, it's. Rutgers, Maryland. Right. I mean, so Iowa is, State's going to be in that now where you just don't have any emotional connection to these games that you're playing. Mm-hmm. That's why we love the sport. I just, Play the teams around you. Yeah. The sport would be so much better off if we had 11, 10 team conferences that are all regional and they go right yes. to their little pockets, all region because you could travel. I mean, I remember when I was in college, we traveled to every Big 12 North game, we went to all of them. You know, the only Iowa State games you really couldn't drive to were Austin, Texas A&M, and Texas Tech. Everything else was drivable. And we had so much fun. Like, to drive into Colorado and drive into Lincoln. Like, it was so great. And, like, we don't want to get rid of that. Sorry. Soapbox off. Um, big weekend for hoops. We we didn't really spend any time on basketball. So, we'll maybe – I think we're going to record on Wednesday. I did just get my schedule, so I'll I'll let you know. What my day we're not going like. to do a we're not going to do a Thanksgiving podcast. I would, but I'm man, I'm two hours behind you. Three, three hours. hours, three hours. That would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be up at five thirty in the morning doing it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I just don't know how listenership would be. Uh-huh. That, so let's let's get together on Wednesday and do a pod, and then um, everybody will have that to feast on. See what I did there? Yeah, and and I was playing a day early. So that, that can't hurt either, yeah. Uh, countdown to the Rose Bowl. Jeez. I had one guy come at me on Twitter. I think he, he was either a Michigan or Ohio State fan. And he was like, You some bitch, you think that Rose Bowl is going to pick Iowa over a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan if that happens? And I said, look, pal. <laughs> There's nothing they can do about it. Iowa would be the Big Ten champion. They would go to the Rose Bowl. That's the tie-in. That's that's what that's what happens. They, there's nothing they can do. They can't say, oh, you know what? I, I know Iowa won the Big Ten championship. We'd rather have Ohio State or Michigan. Of course you would. But you'll get Iowa. What about all these Iowa fans who were persecuting Brian Ferentz a month ago and now mm-hmm. are like claiming that they never got down on the team? Are you talking about the the fans that are are then chastising other fans for like <laughs> yeah, losing people. their fan card? You 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 were all you hopped off board when we were three and four. You lost your Iowa fan card. You shouldn't even be allowed to root for the Hawkeyes anymore. I, I I've I, I've heard less of that as the weeks go on, but there are fans out there who who truly believe that they were. They were on board all the way. They were behind Spencer Petrus and Brian Ferentz in this offense. And maybe you were, but I think if you were, you were probably way too big of a homer or way too close to this because anybody that that was behind that 100% is certifiable. You can be critical of certain aspects of the team, especially when you were sitting there three and four and you had – one of the worst offenses in college football history. It's okay to be critical of that. And it's okay to still be critical of the Iowa offense and would, still want changes this offseason. I, I would guess despite you, the win. You still want that, right? There's I, I do. I st- I still want changes this offseason, no matter how this thing ends. I don't know if that's gonna happen now. I doubtful. And Kirk Ferentz can can easily say, I didn't make changes in the middle of the season and look, we turned things around. But they turn things around because they they tweaked a couple of things. The offense stopped turning the ball over. The defense and special teams kept putting you in position to win football games. And the schedule turned. 
The want, schedule went from Michigan, Ohio State to the Big Ten West. Big 12 teams. Part of that. I mean, lost Iowa huh? State. Yeah, yeah. lost Iowa well, State. That, and that's playing that, the that's Big 12, the, and then the all other of a sudden thing, he flipped like, it to the Big Ten West. If if they play that game again. Oh, I don't know. I don't want any piece of that. I want nothing to do with that right. Iowa like, defense you, right now. <laughs> you look at this season, and it's like, how did Iowa State end up on top in that oh, game? Oh, man. Just but, brutal. Yeah, the, I want the, the, Petrus back. He's coming on strong. Let's get him back next year. Give him another <laughs> shot. <laughs> the the righteous fans who say that those of us who were critical were wrong because of this four game winning streak. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, we'll be back on Wednesday at some point. We'll put out a tweet and let you guys know. Uh, we put our schedules together. Thank you for watching. Thank you to Fairway. Remember them for all of your Thanksgiving shopping. Appreciate their sponsorship. Circus Sports Iowa. Download their app if you haven't already. You're going to get better odds. This is the best time of year to be betting on college sports specifically. you got games all over the place. World Cup. Hell yeah. I'm Chris Williams. He's Chris Hassel. Matty Van Winkle crushing it as always. We are out until Wednesday. Iowa everywhere.